now, thou bleak and unbearable world, thou art base and debauched as can be. And the knight with his banners all bravely and You're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. I am I, Don Quixote, the Lord of La Mancha. I mean, I'm, my name is Robin. Uh, my name is Stephanie, and I hate sex slavery as much as anyone, but I don't feel like going out in public at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Same. <laughs> uh, so, hey, we're on episode four already. Aww. I'm like, wow, there's like nine episodes left. <laughs> it, just, it just seems to have gone so quickly already, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk too much about this we're talking about today uh wag the tongue slowly which uh uh steph you were you were telling me what that title meant okay this is what i'm thinking okay so wag the tongue tongue the wagging of tongues is gossiping and there's a movie bang the drum slowly and it's about two friends and one's has like this is this impending illness yeah. coming on, and so I feel like that that is the the major. So that's the live and the so wagging the tongue. That's the gossiping and live on the gossiper's brain, mm-hmm. and then the bang the drum drum slowly part is major and Ravi and Ravi seeing major through his this illness that's coming on, and him deciding to take the cure and losing his. Mem- could be losing his memory so I, th- right. I feel like that's where the title's coming from yeah and there's also this weird thing with you know the whole thing with peyton and peyton waiting by uh, uh blaine's side as blaine might be essentially this this nice blaine might be dying and we have the um the evil evil blaine coming back <laughs> i don't know possibly yeah. uh-huh um, all right, so I don't, I don't really have any news for you this week, Steph. I, I do want to say thank you to Graham Norris for chatting with me. And uh, Oh, that was an awesome interview. Wasn't it great? I'm so glad you yeah. spent so much time. Ch- I mean, dude, like went almost for like an hour or so. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I just kept asking him questions. <laughs> and he seemed game. So. I feel like, yeah, I feel like he, he, uh, he answered a lot of questions that we had. And- yeah. This is why I like to do interviews like after we have talked. That way, I have more questions than I would if I did it like the night of, you know. Yeah. Um. So, uh, no interview this week, but we might have uh, an interview next week with uh, uh, next week's episode's writer. Um, hopefully, that's going to work out. Um, I don't really have anybody. Um, who's in the cast on the docket. Of course, they're all on hiatus. They've, they're done with the show. They're all living their lives right now. <laughs> they're not like in the <laughs> midst of it all. So, um, you know, they might not want to uh, jump out and do interviews, but who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll, maybe one of them will surprise us and want to, want to um, do the podcast. I'd love it. <laughs> so if you're listening, you know, call me. Uh, <laughs> Let's get into the episode, though. Wag the Tongue Slowly, written by Kit Boss and directed by Viet Nguyen. And again, I apologize if I butchered that name. Although, I think I did it better than the first time I said it, like way back in season one. And I had like uh, four or five emails telling me how to, how to pronounce his last name. Um, so, mm. I did it, I think. Anyway. I think so. <laughs> 
Um, oh, I, I definitely want to mention to people before uh, we get into this that you definitely got to watch the live tweets during these episodes, or at least tune in for the West Coast one if you're if you're an East Coaster and you just want to pay attention to the episode like me. <laughs> uh, tune in for the West Coast tweets because holy cow. They have such a blast talking to each other on Twitter, harassing each other. Um, <laughs> so much stuff came out that uh, I, I, I wrote down a couple of things, but um, they really love uh, they love to harass each other. It's, uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and Ro is he's an open book. <laughs> yes. Like he just he doesn't care. He will tell you anything you want to know. Uh huh. Yeah, and and uh, right. it's very defensive of Ravi. So you know. <laughs> Um, if you're if you're one of these people who are like Ravi should be fun and not have any flaws and uh, should only make me laugh, then you know it's it's you, you just, I guess I don't know you, you're you're looking in the wrong place because you know these are flawed characters, these are fully fleshed out characters, and uh, yeah, Ravi's kind of a bummer now, but I think Ravi I, I I'm 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 a big fan of uh, DGAF Ravi as well as. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, fun Robbie too. Well, I think this Robbie, he was still, um, he's coming out of his depression, I mm-hmm. think a little bit. And he is still morose and depressed and down, but he was a fun, he was funnier this. And I think, I think it's also that we're getting away from the dead kid mm-hmm. because I think the, the tone, I think, I, I feel like this episode was a lot funnier and a yeah. lot lighter than usual, so so Robbie felt a lot lighter. Yeah. Even yeah. though he was still, even though the character was still is still down in the dumps, but he was funny down in the dumps. Mm-hmm. And the case is kind of fun, you know. Yeah. It's like a fun little uh, romp, like a like a um, little caper or whatever. Um, you're trying to figure out, like you pretty much know what happened, but you need to you, you're figuring it out like a a a, mis- a clue mystery maybe, or <laughs> you know um, who was where when. Mm-hmm. Um, but we let's get started with uh, talking about Blaine. Um, so we first find Blaine; he's not dying. Uh, 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 Ravi is hap- unhappy to say, <laughs> <laughs> but he's also Ravi says a funny thing in this first scene. He says, uh, "You're you're not dying. Your heart sounds fine, and uh, n- none of your memories have been restored." Now, how can Robbie tell this with a stethoscope, Steph? Is there some sort of medical uh, trick that I haven't? No, this is this is the the converse. This is the end of the conversation. This is the end of the physical exam. Mm-hmm. I think that we just didn't hear the beginning of the conversation. And the beginning of the conversation was, "Have you remembered anything? Is everything?" And yeah. no, I haven't remembered anything. We're just supposed to take Blaine's word for it. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, that's, that's the one kind of flaw about this whole thing, but it, I guess it's to keep us guessing. It's, do we trust Blaine? Well, but because you have, uh, played up this is Blaine faking at 6am when the alarm went off, I was wondering if Blaine was faking at 6am. Ah, okay. Okay. We'll get to that. Um, so uh-huh. yeah. So, so yeah, the Saturday at 6am is the... The time he sets his alarm for, um, and Ravi says, "Yeah, call me at noon." <laughs> um, but yeah, he pretty much just kind of throws uh, Blaine into Peyton's arms, or vice versa. I know. Uh, who did he think 
Blaine would get to keep an eye on him. What were you thinking, Robbie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Donnie's busy. Uh, who else? Well, there's nobody else, really. <laughs> no. Um, and we also find out about we, this. We have a nice little fun scene between uh, Liv and Ravi because Liv, as it turns out, uh, we find out uh, she was yelling free bird at the end of Blaine's set the previous night. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Ravi, I wrote down Ravi's just as irritated as I am at, at that, at the thought of that <laughs> because, well, because the reasons, I mean, we've talked it to death. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Can we talk about Peyton and Blaine? I mean, we will. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, okay. Right now? <laughs> okay. So at some point in the episode, Liv like gets on to Peyton for, for rooting for for bad guy Blaine to not come back, for Blaine to not uh, regain his memories. Yeah. Because that means that when Major takes the cure, Major's memories, uh, he'll lose all his memories. Right. We'll lose Major as he is now. Uh huh. Well, it's not like Peyton is actively doing something to keep Blaine from regaining his memories, and therefore Major going to lose his memories. And also, Liv um, kind of betrays Ravi by going to uh, going to the the uh, Blaine's shows so much. Like this is not the, she's going to his shows all the time. Well, I think this Peyton. is this is this is. Uh, I mean, this episode starts probably like the day after. So I'm thinking that this is because then Liv okay. goes ahead and tells Ravi like all the things he did and that. Uh, um, Basically, hopefully, uh, um, uh, if God's a woman, he's really screwed, <laughs> which I thought was mm-hmm. funny. So, it, yeah, I guess you can call it a betrayal of of Ravi, but I, I, I really think that it's more of a betrayal of herself. I, she, she's, she shouldn't. I, I don't. I, it's this whole thing where I guess you either accept that he's nice, Ravi, or excuse me, nice, nice Blaine, nice Blaine, or. Mm-hmm. You just consider that he's like this evil person that's done all these evil things and he's just forgotten about it. And yeah, so. Yeah, but I just feel like Liv is being uh, hypocritical when she gets on to Peyton right. for um, for not being loyal to Major. And her. By, yeah. And her, well, and her by hoping that Blaine does not uh, return. Uh, his memories don't return. Right when she's going to see him, see Blaine uh, perform. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. I mean, maybe you could say. I just felt like I just felt like that was a weak argument. I just felt like that was weak when Liv got on to Peyton for. See, I appreciated that because I I was like, okay, good, she still remembers. You know, I can almost like now that I'm thinking about it, I can almost explain away Liv and Major going to Blaine's uh, gig, and uh, maybe maybe Liv had a few extra um, uh, red hot tequilas <laughs> <laughs> and got a little bit into it and started screaming "Freebird." Um, oh, but- Freebird, <laughs> sweet home Alabama. Oh, I hate Leonard Skinner. Uh, Maybe it's because they were keeping an eye on him. He just took the cure, not the cure, the serum. So mm-hmm. maybe they were just kind of waiting to see 
what was going to happen, if anything was going to happen. I don't know. That's the best I can do. Because mm-hmm. I can't see Liv being like, oh, yeah, I'm really interested in Blaine singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Or Major. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're all hanging out with Blaine now. Yeah. We're all being supportive Blaine friends. I can, I can, I, I do like uh, uh, how Liv is uh, supportive of Peyton, though, because Robbie did a shitty thing. Uh, and I love the fact that uh, the first time Liv finds Blaine in their apartment and he's staying there um, until Saturday morning. Um, mm-hmm. she, you know, she's got her gossip brain. Liv's got her gossip brain on, and she's talking about how Robbie is looking these days. And Peyton says Robbie can eat a bag of it gets cut right off. <laughs> Or when they're talking when uh when Liv is is watching the um porno video mm-hmm. and and the woman in Italian says, I want you to uh <laughs> sit me on your big d-, d and it cuts off yeah. the d- but later on we find out she says desk. desk. <laughs> yep. So we got a oh, it was funny. we got a scary image in here, which uh uh iZombie Writers Room uh Twitter feed thought it would be funny if he uh um uh, if he tweeted the picture out before the West Coast feed got to see this episode, is that that's the image of Peyton in the coffin? So, uh. I didn't like seeing that either way. I don't know what she was doing late in that. Co- I guess, I guess, if you got the opportunity, see what it feels like. But well, I I just got the feeling they're passing time. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like it's almost like. Uh, when you're waiting on a deadline, yeah, time is passing so slow, and they're just like hanging out, mm-hmm. like nothing's going on. So I wonder what I wonder if that's what uh, uh, Kit Boss was trying to tell us about a watched pot. Like it never boils, but the the steam builds up until like the pressure builds up until the steam erupts. Ah, yada, yada, yada. maybe that was his yeah. coy way of talking about uh, Blaine and Peyton hanging out together. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's some discussion here about like Blaine wondering, you know, hey, if the serum works, will I lose the me that I am? And then Peyton comes up with this thing where she says that maybe he'll remain the same, but with all his memories, like he'll still be the good person, but all of a sudden have this. Yeah, like it doesn't have to be two bad situations. Maybe there's a, maybe a good situation. Yeah, will come up come out of it uh i love the joke about pounding peyton's breasts that was very funny um <laughs> yeah we actually had chicken cordon bleu tonight i it was my request uh at my house wow um <laughs> uh, it, it was just boxed <laughs> it's fine <laughs> uh so uh let's see um so we at towards the end of the episode peyton is conflicted he wants she wants live and major to be human but is attracted to Blaine and she says, if this is my last night with him, I, 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 I don't want to waste it. And they start kissing and then Blaine pushes her away. And so what? <laughs> it was kind of hot. Uh, <laughs> and then the next morning, uh, Peyton is just waiting for the alarm to ring. And uh, when nothing's changed, Peyton takes him into the bedroom. She does her Peyton move, or just grab mm. the guy's hand and pull her, pull him into the bedroom. <laughs> I just wonder, have has it changed? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's maddening. 
it's maddening. I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of our, our our listeners will tell us how they feel in feedback. Me, I'm still very much in the camp of he's lost his memories, but I'm also in the camp of that doesn't mean that we all get to act like nothing happened. And it's a tough, it's a tough thing, but I guess we'll see what happens. That's, that's the best I can do. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, what do you think? Do you think, do you think maybe he got the memories back? Uh, I, uh, I think it would be interesting if he did. Right. Cause maybe it is sort of like that thing. Like he brings back, brings back all his memories, but he's still like, like nice guy on, on the top, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and wants to do good. And is like, okay, so I have these memories back. So what? I'm going to still be the good person that I want to be, you know, for the squirrel or for myself or whatever. Um, but the problem is it's now at the expense of major. It's at the expense of live becoming human, which obviously we don't want ever to happen, but still we don't want major to die either or lose his memories. All right. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about the case and about the brain. What'd you think? Uh, the, the, uh, um, I, I was dreading it, but it was really, really cute. <laughs> Liv was, was funny. Uh-huh. The best part was when Clive and Liv were in the interrogation room with the, uh, employee, and she, she was like, oh, sure was a huge gossip. And both Liv and Clive at the same time go, oh, uh, like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's what's going on. Okay. That was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Cheryl seems to be a pretty repugnant person. We get yeah. to spend some time with Cheryl in the teaser there. I love the, the whole uh, discovery of her body, though. And one girl like is screaming her head off and the other girl is like, get it together. <laughs> Get it together. What is her name? Janet. Janet, get it together. Jan, yeah. Jan. Uh, and the other girl's named Felicia, and we didn't get one bot by Felicia in this episode that I caught. I was waiting for it. It never happened. Oh. Kit, Kit Boss was probably like too easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I mean, the case is pretty easy to talk about overall. I don't want to go through every single bit of how it was discovered. Okay, well, the the little sequence that we always get where Liv is cooking the brain. Yes. What was it? Was it a can of chili again? Did, we just did chili. I think it was stew. Stew, okay. and Because, uh, again, the writer's room Twitter tweeted, uh, Potster, get it? Ah, oh, <laughs> pot, yeah. And then, okay, in the, in the sequence where, where she's... Uh, trying to get the uh, brain out of the bowl. Yeah. The music stops. Yes. And she has to uh, <laughs> shakes the bowl several times to get the, the stupid brain Yeah, out. to get the yeah. Guess that what? That, that was that was a flub on the set, and the director said they kept it in. We're keeping that in. That's perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I love stuff like that. Ah, uh, me too. Because <laughs> it's so out of the blue. We're used to this, like you know the. The, the drums, the bongo drums that kind of play during this and the, you know, sound effects of mixing and shuffling and all this stuff. And, and boom, we have a dish and, and then Liv sinks her teeth into it and, you know, here we go. But this time it just pauses the bullshit. Just a little different. Just shakes up the 
Yeah. The usual. That's yeah, great. Uh, um, I like that Ravi was expecting uh, some sort of like sad Willie Loman <laughs> brain. <laughs> <laughs> Death of a salesman. Yeah. Uh, there's also some funny in jokes here uh, with the way that Malcolm and Raul were saying yogurt during the scene. Yogurt said about like 17 times during the opening there. Um, but I guess Malcolm was getting really messed up because Raul was saying yogurt like in his accent. And he it was almost like he forgot how to say the word yogurt. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, like when you say a word so many times, it like loses its, yeah, yeah. It's it, and and this again, Twitter uh, live tweet. Everybody was kind of busting on Malcolm during that scene. Um, and uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. So we have um. Our first instance of the gossip brain is when Liv is li- like major and. Uh, Ravi are talking We'll get into that discussion in a bit But um, they look over and there's Liv Just kind of squirming in her seat Like she just can't keep it in Like she's about to explode yeah. yeah. And it's, she talks about Blaine and Peyton sneaking into an alley Now, And Ravi is like I don't want to hear about that Yes There's like several several times This brain is used For comedy Where I was Almost wondering, like, if it would have made this episode a little bit more impactful if she really blurted out some, like, 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 I don't know, had some real like liar liar moments where she just could not help herself but to blurt out somebody's secret and uh, and really really stirred the pot. Whereas instead, they're all like, they know she's on her brain, and you know, they're so so it's not as hurtful as it would be if they didn't know that she was on her brain, you know. I, I can't think no. of anything. I can't think of anything for an example of what she could have said that could have been. Well, you know, in the first hurtful. episode of the season, they said they were not going to have any secrets. Yeah, right. But I mean, there's some hurtful things. Like she, like when she says to one of the uh, people they were interrogating that, uh, "Oh, Clive had a girlfriend that moved to Virginia." <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, "What the heck?" You know, <laughs> which was great because I was like, "Bazio, <laughs> yeah, she's in Virginia." We know. Um, and then the whole Devore and Kavanaugh. Is there something oh, going that on? Was there? Great. <laughs> I mean, maybe since they don't know that she's on a brain, maybe that she could have messed with them some, and that would have been. But maybe it would have been too much for this episode. I don't know. And then, like later on, Clive, because Liv was talking about it. it he started seeing what she was talking about and started being suspicious of DeVore and Kavanaugh. Yeah. That was so funny. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think? That, are they an item now? Kavanaugh? No, no, they, no, they're working. <laughs> Devana? De- Devana? What is that? What's the oh, hashtag yeah. going to be? <laughs> oh, yeah, they, uh, mentioned. Oh, Yeah. They mentioned all these hashtags Javi. that were not um, uh, Charles Crabarty, but whatever. Uh, yes, they were. <laughs> I, I must say, every time I say this, uh, I, I talk about this, it sounds like I'm bitter, but I'm, I'm really just kidding around. I don't expect them to actually say the word Charles Crabarty on, on screen. <laughs> <laughs> but damn it, it's a good good shipper name. Anyway, they said Pavi and they said Rayton. 
yeah. lived in. I think Liv's makeup is different now. It's yeah. like less eyeliner, less it's harsh, true. cuter. It is cute. But her her wig is still very wig like. Wig like. <laughs> yeah. Makes your wig out. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's fine. It's fine, but I'm just I'm very sensitive to wigs. It's like I always notice wigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, Liv Liv says that Robbie uses uh, the work phone to call England. That's funny. Uh, uh, and yeah, we have this whole thing with the porn star Rhonda. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, Liv made Robbie watch a lot of porn. <laughs> And he became a huge fan of Rhonda. And then when she came in, he had to find a reason to walk by. One of the funniest takes I've ever seen. I zombie just that slowly walking by the door and then seeing Clive just being like, seriously. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And uh, the revelation that she did 80 movies and it was only in five months. Uh. I love the gossip brain, the whole, I'm going to juice you like an orange, my friend, <laughs> about oh, the yeah. phone records. Um, so, oh gosh, I honestly have like lists of the porn titles that were alternate porn titles, but you know what? I, I'll, <laughs> folks, if you want to find out, look it up on Twitter. <laughs> it's out there <laughs> and they're really funny. I'll mention the ones that are on the show though, the Magnificent Seven Way, Bone Her, <laughs> the Altice Phallus, Dial M for Moisture. <laughs> I like that we got a little bit, uh, uh, you know, like, remember when Robbie used to, like, well, not not like it was a long time ago. Robbie likes to uh, tease Clive and make him uncomfortable. And uh, it's just almost like a tease of um, what's going to happen next week with the Dominatrix brain because I cannot imagine how uncomfortable Clive's going to be. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, I mean, the crime was basically, um, the, it was an accident. They were, they yeah. were pulling a prank. I thought they was, just wanted to, hmm. I thought it was interesting to use utopium in it. You know, they didn't use like a different yeah. drug utopium. And, uh, I was waiting for, uh, Cheryl to wake up on the bench or something, but <laughs> that didn't happen. Of course, live eight or brains. So that can't really happen, but yeah, it was an accident, but, uh, they're all going to jail. <laughs> It was almost like another one of those, you know, you kind of feel bad for the uh, criminal because the person that was killed was like a horrible human being. But, you know, you got to pay if you accidentally murder somebody. It's just you just have to. Yeah. (laughs) Even though she what was it? She okay. the guy she exposed his affair with a man mm-hmm. so he lost his family but at first he he acted like it was no big deal he yeah. that she did him a favor yep because he's happier now but you know he's but, to cover up give himself a less of a motive yeah and what's worse is that she dies and they still like decide to stick together and pin it on this uh, you know poor hapless Pete who uh, had sort of a moment motive because he uh, once accidentally stole her food and then then just decided to keep stealing it to annoy her. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I like the uh, term inflagrante yogurto. <laughs> uh, 
that's used. Um, yeah, and then Rhonda's history is given up. Vicky's abusive sick time. Um, I think that was it. So yeah, they got all. They all got screwed. Uh, you want to talk any more about the case of the brain? Um, I think that's it. Okay. How about we get into major? Um, Poor major. Major. Okay. First of all, from your friendly neighborhood respiratory therapist, do not administer an inhaler the way major takes his inhaler on this show. Oh, really? Don't. What happened? Don't. What do you do? Don't double pump. Oh, double pump. That's not. Don't. Don't double pump because you have to give the inhaler about a minute for the chamber to fill back up with medicine. You're just filling your lungs full of Freon if you mm. don't. Well, there you have it, kids. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Take your inhaler the proper way. Mm-hmm. Get all the medicine. Inhalers, EpiPens. Uh, in, in fact, uh, Robert Buckley tweeted that he was – it looked like he was uh, using the binoculars backwards in, in that, the scene <laughs> there. I knew they looked funny. It looked <laughs> odd. <laughs> yeah. uh, he wasn't quite sure, but he, he, thought, he thought they were backwards. So, I mean – I guess they must have not have been real binoculars, so he he couldn't really tell that. Like he started seeing everything really tiny around him through the binoculars. Maybe he would have known. But so uh, we learned that the bad guy here, uh, he's in the he's called Osborne Oates. He's in in the diamond biz, and uh, he's just a bad guy who is a zombie, and he's got a uh, henchman uh, who is only known in the cast listing as. The Goon, capital T, capital G. <laughs> hmm. um, so he doesn't really have a name yet. And I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think? Well, I guess we'll ask that at the end. I mean, so so Major gets the the address of uh, Osborne Oates and has to then motivate Ravi into um, going with him. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, so first it says he doesn't have to wear pants, which is like gets Ravi off the couch. And then he says, we all know that you're good at waiting in cars. Oh, that was so low, low blow. Ouch. <laughs> so uh, they they go. Major has a GPS tracker because, you know, he's working for the Mercs. You know, he's probably got access to that equipment. Uh, so he's got to get the GPS tracker on the car to find Natalie at the second location. And, uh, Robbie's like the car's behind the gate. And then major tells him that he's supposed to be the brainy sidekick and his answers have to be as sharp as his wit is dry. (laughs) Yeah. Later on, he says something. He was like, yeah, there's the dry wit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the whole Robbie like falls asleep. We get to hear Robbie snoring. (laughs) Just... (laughs) Uh, a lovely baritone. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then, like, Major wakes him up as Osborne's car is leaving. And Bobby says, do I have to be awake for this? <laughs> There's that dry wit. So, we get a pretty scary moment here. Uh, the goon makes them get out of the car and searches them. Did it... To me, he looked in, looked in Major's wallet and read his name out loud. But he... Did he get Ravi's ID off of him? It didn't seem like he did. Like he no. reached in his pocket, mm-hmm. but he didn't say his name or anything, or didn't see like his. I don't know. 
Maybe he wasn't. He didn't have his wallet on him. <laughs> I don't know. So he says, "If I see you again, I'm going to kill you with this gun." And he taps his head to let him know that you know I know where to shoot. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Major tackles him. I really thought that um, when Major was getting his uh, kidneys kicked in, that Ravi was going to have like a moment here where he gets to kind of redeem himself, in, you know, in his own mind at least for sitting in the car in the finale. By like, attacking yeah. the and saving Major. Yeah, I was expecting another beat there, yeah. another something else to happen. I thought it was. I don't know. I'm wondering if Robbie's going to kind of stew on this too, because like he looks like he's about to move, and the goon kind of points the gun at him, and he like slowly turns around. He look he looks scared, you know, and he he puts his hands back on the hood, and that's got to be like. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's just a thing you run over and over again in your head, you know? So, um, so this is when we find out that he dropped the tracker on him and Robbie tells him to stop. You know, you're, you're not Galahad going after the Holy Grail. You're Don Quixote tilting at windmills, which are you familiar with Man of La Mancha? No, not at all. I'm not either. The only the only way I'm, I know Man of, Man-, Man of La Mancha is my best friend in high school could not stop talking about it, and, <laughs> and then my next reference for it is um, the Quantum Leap episode "Catch a Falling Star," in which uh, Sam leaps into the body of a like a washed up uh, actor, and he actually has to perform Man of La Mancha in order to leap out of this body. And, of course, it gives, like, Scott Bakula the opportunity to use his, like, you know, you know, lovely singing voice and Broadway skills in this performance, you know. He, he sounds really good. And he performs um, I, Don Quixote in, uh, in, in the show a couple times. You hear that song, like, a, several times during the show. Um, so The only thing – I've seen the documentary Lost in La Mancha about how uh, Terry Gilliam – was trying to make the movie Yeah. The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. But I have um uh, yeah, I have no idea. Don't know anything about it. So I heard, Was it a it's a book and then it was a, a Broadway play? Yeah, I don't really know. Um uh all I know is it's like a famous Broadway play and, you know, musical theater uh fans are probably screaming at their phones right now, like, how could you not Or litter or literature, you know, yeah. people with literature degrees, yeah, are like, "What are you stupid? You stupid <laughs> podcasters!" <laughs> it's a, it's a classic book that everybody read in yeah. freshman literature. Yeah. Uh, so I've heard this saying before: tilting at windmills, and so mm-hmm. I, I do know it had something to do with like Don Quixote. I don't know. Imagining windmills are like uh, creatures and and fighting them or jousting with them or whatever. So I looked up the 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 meaning of tilting at windmills. And uh, yeah, literature uh, uh, geeks, please bear with me as I enter, educate the rest of us. Um, it said uh, one of the meanings is an importune, unfounded, and vain event. A vain effort against adversaries real or imagined for a vain goal. So Ravi talks about how Natalie – he doesn't need to save Natalie. He doesn't, ha- he doesn't have to keep his promise to Natalie. Natalie wanted to kill herself. Natalie 
Natalie is not asking for his help. He's he's she's he's not responsible for you know give it up. So he's almost trying to portray Major's quest here as kind of he's doing it to be the hero, whereas she's not looking for a hero. Um, yeah, but he's he's he made a promise. He can't go back because that's who he is. It's true, but he's a man of his word. Yeah, it's true, but like mm-hmm. she bribed, she bribed somebody to call Osborne Oates. He, she didn't bribe this Max Rager person to call Major or not. Maybe she didn't. He didn't. She doesn't know Major's number. Uh it's true. Mm-hmm. Thinking this out loud, I guess. Anyway, Ravi kind of pictures it as a vain thing that Major's doing it for Major and not really for, I don't know. So, um, so that's kind of the definition of tilting at windmills. So, yeah, but that's just raw perspective because he regrets uh, being a hero, right, or not being a hero. Yeah, yeah, for Peyton. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's trying to justify his own um, problems in his own head. Yeah, lack of action. So, uh, Major promises to stay away, but uh, backwards binoculars Buckley uh, sits outside uh, (laughs) the High Tower building. It's called the High Tower building, so uh, I'm naturally just thinking, oh, it's like the princess in the High Tower, you know, like Rapunzel or something. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And when... Uh, Major goes into the high tower. That's when the uh, the Man of La Mancha song plays. I Don Quixote, um, which is great. I love it. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's no. It wasn't as great as One Day More. It was. It it, it wasn't as epic as that, but it was great. What did you yeah. think? <laughs> I wish I knew more about Don Quixote. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so Natalie Natalie lets him in, and um, she's not going to leave, but Major won't leave her. And when they spot Osborne and the goon outside, Major's like, hey, listen, here's this cure. Like, And then he gives her the needle that Ravi gave to him earlier. Like, you're going to have to take this cure in order to survive. And uh, I thought at first that Major wasn't going to tell her that she would lose her memory. But yeah, <laughs> I wondered if he was going to. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't see what happens after that. And we next time we see Major, he seems like he's in a plane mm-hmm. or the back. Yeah, because earlier. Yeah. Earlier, he said that his uh, unit was called up or was on, like on call. On call. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was like, you know, this time next week, I could be on the other side of the world or something. Like that. Yeah, what are they doing? <laughs> I like that we saw we we have our uh, secret Vivian relation shouting out orders. This is uh, Zach Stoll, that that character from uh, episode two. Was it episode two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's shouting orders. So he's clearly in control of this uh, little unit. I'm looking forward to learning more about that. But um, what do you think happened with Natalie? Are we gonna see Natalie again? Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll see her again and. Find out what she decided to do Yeah, I guess that's We have to find that out Yeah, because he he was saying You know, you could take this And you could go go to all those places You wanted to go But then you, but then after a couple of days You're going to forget Yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, But, you know for, To forget, like, all the horrible things She's probably had to do You know, in order to 
<laughs> stay alive, I guess, or stay undead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So the last bit of uh, discussion this week is we get a little follow up of uh, the case of Wally and his family and uh, pages and pages of comments from the Truthsayers message board leads Liv and Clive to Wham Bam's gun range and its proprietor or at least the guy that works there or a person that frequents there a lot. His name's Harley Johns. Yeah. And he's a... Uh... <laughs> Member of the Aryan Nation. What did he say when he saw Liv? Uh, what white power, power? He said. Oh. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, and, wow, you know, I was, we're going there. I guess we're doing this. And I was like, <laughs> oh, maybe that was just kind of like a joke because her hair's so white. But then they're like, then he's like, I was with my family, and and Liv says at a clan rally, and he's like, we prefer the term picnic. <laughs> so again, it's kind of I. I, I would you could also you could take that as a joke, but I almost think that it's really I mean two instances of mm-hmm. saying that he's definitely yeah so he's looking for some revenge because his brother Wally was murdered in the Max Rager massacre he was the he was the uh, lab technician that they used his hand uh, to get down in the elevator there mm-hmm. yeah, so. And uh, Harley knows that zombies exist not because of the whole Max Rager thing, but because his brother showed him a picture of one of those Romeros that were down in the lab. Mm. That's basically what I got from that. I also like that Clive got a cool moment here, even though it was at a zombie target and he's supposed to be (laughs) pro-zombie. But uh, Clive easily uh, blows this, like, three headshots right in a row. So, Yay! Clive. <laughs> uh, by the way, the other name for the Wham Bam's gun range was supposed to be called Suns Out, Guns Out. So, but I guess that didn't clear. So, yeah. Anything else about this episode you want to talk about before we get into feedback and have tons of more to talk about, I'm sure? <laughs> uh, I think we covered Whew. everything. All right. Let's start off our feedback with uh, a voicemail from Jeff. Come, enter into my imagination and see him. Bony, hollow-faced, eyes that burn with the fire of inner vision. He conceives the strangest project ever imagined. To be on a night errand and sally forth into the world righting all wrongs. His name, Don Quixote Calamancha. Zombie, this is Jeff Gentry, X-Force 11. I really liked the kind of case of the week. It was a cool little whodunit uh, meets office space, and I, I really, <laughs> sometimes yeah. the, the cases can just be, you know, fun or filler, but it was a fun case, and I really enjoyed it. But, oh my goodness, Blaine, oh doesn't have his memories back. We've got blatant going on. Uh, <laughs> we've got major deployed with no cure. Just lots of questions about what's going to happen next. Look forward to hearing what everybody has to say. X-Force 11 out. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, uh, Kit Boss actually tweeted something about how the term blatant sounds like something you'd say when you're like throwing up into a garbage bag or garbage can. Uh, All right. I'm going to read TR. TR wrote here. 
Hi, Robin, Steph, and potential guests. Yeah, no guests this week. We got some more in the future. Trying to keep my feedback concise this week, so I'll present my thoughts in this snippet form. If you need to whittle down some, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So, it says, Case of the Week was a fun return to form, but I found myself more invested in Major's subplot with Natalie. I do question, though, why didn't Major go full-on zombie when he was getting kicked in the road? Oh, that would have been cool. Hmm. I guess he knew that he had the drop on this guy, and he just had to suffer through it in order to get to Natalie. That's what I'm thinking. Um, you watch True Blood at all, Steph? Mm-hmm. Well, he's got something here. Is Blaine's amnesia giving any former True Blood viewers flashbacks to Eric, in which Eric lost his memory and basically became one of the good guys? His old self basically died when he lost his memories. I'd like for Blaine's amnesia to set him down a path of redemption a la Eric, with him trying to atone for his sins, all the while knowing that it'd be in vain, and that so much of what he had done, so much that was unforgivable. I swear that does not even sound familiar. <laughs> so, True, blood, True Blood was so long ago. I know. I watched like all but the, like, the last two seasons maybe, but I, I think I sort of feel like – I admit, see, I think about like you know the weed inverse and uh, vampires getting their souls and whatnot and losing their souls. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an aside, I retract my theory that Blaine may, have, may not have eaten the brains of his own victims. Instead, I think it's more likely he probably had multiple bla- multiple brains mixed into one meal, and it had the same effect as the Fillmore Graves' brain gogurt. <laughs> that way, he would have had all the benefits of being a zombie without the risk of compromising his operation due to any particular brain, which would have been in character for his old self. It's also a no-prize explanation for why we never saw him have a vision or observe his victim's traits in Season 1. Yeah, I, I like that. Ex- explains things away. Uh, I'm going to skip around here. Am I a bad person for finding the Blaine and Peyton interactions cute? I'm torn when it comes to them. I know Blaine did so much to people Peyton cares about. But I also recognize this Blaine as basically a new character entirely from the one we knew. Yet, understandably, he's still got his old self's baggage. They didn't give him a completely blank slate. No one automatically forgave him. He's having to earn their trust, and they're slowly warming to him. Hey, I got a notification here. (laughs) Uh, Liv started to give him a chance when he lent her a brain, and I suppose with Major, it was his taking some accountability and helping him track down Natalie. For Peyton, I guess it was him saving her life and just being a good friend to her. The only one whom he's not giving, who he's not got giving him a chance so far is Ravi, which brings me to... That first scene between Ravi and Blaine made me realize this righteous indignation of Ravi's where Blaine's where Blaine is concerned never made an appearance until after he found out Peyton and Blaine slept together. Ravi had no problem rolling with this un- incarnation of Blaine last season. He was totally willing to be civil to Blaine and to give him a chance. He recognized Blaine's compassion in obtaining a brain for Major and when he was locked up and thanked him for it, quite warmly, in fact, and sat Blaine down for what seems to be a frank, calm, and relatively non-accusatory explanation of everything bad Blaine had done when Blaine had asked. Uh, yeah, uh, Tim, uh, I gotta say, Robbie's flawed. <laughs> He's not perfect. And yeah, unfortunately, jealousy did play a big part into it, but I also think uh, Blaine being Blaine plays a big part into it. So, anyway, thanks for the email, Tim. Steph, did you want to read something? Do you want me to read Daisy's? Sure. 
Hello again. Hey, guys. Hey, Daisy. Daisy. It's been a while since I've written in, but I've been meaning to do so. I, uh, so much to unwrap in this episode. First, what do you guys think will happen with Major? What if he has to take the cure? He can't be a mercenary at Fillmore Grace if he's not a zombie. Yeah. yeah. On a lighter note, the show is doing a great job of human, humanizing yeah. Blaine. Let's answer this question. What, okay. do, what do we think is going to happen with Major? Yeah, right. If he's not a zombie, if he gets cured, then he can't be a Fillmore Graves. But is that necessarily a bad thing? What would Major do if he wasn't a part of Fillmore Graves? It's right up his alley. He gets to be athletic. He gets to be a part of a team. Right. What would he do? He would have no reason. Yeah, I wonder if, like, if he'd pull, like, a Blaine and pretend to be a zombie in order to stay undercover as it were, with Fillmore Graves. Mm. And that he's in all this danger all the time. But, you know, um, so we, we'll worry even more about it. I can't seem to making Major lose his mind. I, I did have a thought of, like, how crazy would it be if all of a sudden we had our main bad guy turn good and then Major turn evil as a result of yeah. whatever he shoots inside himself next. <laughs> that know? would be crazy. Evil major. Because, yeah, because uh, Robert Buckley such, seems like such a nice guy. Yeah. Like, this just seems like just such a, a, a easy character to play because it's just like his self. But, yeah. And that's what's so great. That's what I love about genre shows mm-hmm. is actors get to do such different things they're not stuck in a box but then again like we get to the point where where we were comfortable with the show the way it was before and maybe we're not ready for it to be so topsy-turvy like this david anders was is deliciously evil now he's a good guy uh ravi was a goofy uh doctor and a super great friend and now he's like kind of like thrown in the gutter for a couple episodes you know uh and, and you know it, 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 he's still great, but he's also very flawed. You know, like they keep tossing the characters around a bit. You know, and maybe it'll be a little hard to, I don't know, be that enthused. You think that would be like one step too far? Yeah, Major is great. He's hilarious, and I don't know. I want to see him on different brains. I don't want to see him super evil. Maybe I want to see him super evil like one episode. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. Okay, so Daisy continues. On a lighter note, the show is doing a great job of humanizing Blaine. I'm not totally sure if Blaine really doesn't remember anything, but I'm leaning towards that I believe him. Yeah. Am I crazy or has Liv stopped narrating and is having fewer visions? Fewer visions, definitely. I cannot remember any narrating anytime recently. <laughs> but mm-hmm. then again, I've, uh, it's happened to me before where I've said, there hasn't been any narrating. And there was like three instances in an episode that I totally spaced Yeah, out. so she didn't have any visions last week. And this week she only had one. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, while Liv will always be the main character, it does feel like the show is giving more story arcs and screen time, screen time to all the characters. I love them all, so I'm not complaining. Things feel different, but not necessarily in a bad way. Cheers. Keep up the great work, Daisy. Thank you, Daisy. Thanks, Daisy. Let me read uh, JD. 
JD says, all in all, pretty good episode, although for some reason the major arc isn't quite working for me. Uh, all right, he has some old business here. Let's see what we got here. The zombie on the plane should not have been a Blaine scratch, since a scratch takes hours to turn you, hours and hours to turn you to the point of needing brains. That girl almost had to go Romero the night of the boat party in order to have partially undigested brains in her stomach only three days later. Hmm, that's true. Um, yes, I will grant you that if Liv had been on that plane, the results would have been the same, but Liv's conditions are pretty unique. She was dead for at least eight hours while she was turning. She woke up in a body bag, was hungry, and was snacking on brains within a very, within a very few minutes. Um, if someone else was scratched, left, and turned this next day, getting brains that day would have been extremely difficult. Sure, if they hung around till morning and were fully turned, snacks were now... Available, of course, you would have to avoid the medical people and want to stick around. Do you honestly think that very likely? That is, wow! Oh my gosh, you're <laughs> killing me, JD. I, once I figured, I, I thought I had my brain wrapped around stuff, but then I forgot about the whole thing where Liv woke up in a body bag and she was seen. She was filmed the next morning cracking a skull open on the side of the shore. How did she end up in the body bag? What? <sighs> You have any answers? No. Me either. I don't know. Good to think about, though. I'm telling you. All right. He says, new business. I have a theory. I have a theory. I speculate that they give Blaine his memories back the same way that zombies get theirs from the brains they eat, i.e. triggers and visions. Huh. Oh, Holy cow, uh, J- yeah. JD. Oh, actually, you call yourself Don at the end of this. I apologize, Don. You are um, uh, amazing. You please keep writing in because that is that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, because yeah, brains are brains give the visions. We learn all about the people's brains. Why wouldn't Blaine somehow get his memories back as a result of whatever happens when? Brains are consumed in the, on this show. Uh, finally, that bodyguard. I wonder if he's a zombie. In order to him to be a zombie, either somebody would have been ponying up twenty five k a month for him to eat, or his boss dropped Blaine's meal plan and is acquiring his own meals, which seems unlikely. After all, Blaine seemingly killed Harrison Graves over just that very issue. I look forward to the podcast. Yeah, I have no idea. I was I was wondering if the goon. Was a zombie, or if he just knew how to kill zombies. Well, Blaine did say last episode that he doubled up on brains because he thought he was going away for a while. But we decided that he doubled up on brains because he was probably feeding Natalie brains. Yeah. Uh, Don has an addendum here. He says, I forgot to mention my prediction for the cure that Major gave Natalie. She injects her captor instead of herself. Genius. This is great stuff. He's writing the show, and I can see this <laughs> happening. I can see this happening, totally. Great job, Don. You should start a podcast and take <laughs> our jobs away from us. <laughs> Do you want me to read Maddie's? Sure. All right, Maddie, here's your email. Hi, Robin and Steph. It's Livesmore, L-I-V-S-M-O-O-R from Twitter. Uh, oh, Maddie is from the distant land of Mexico. I've been listening for quite a, a while now, but I've never actually had the guts to send him 
feedback, but today I thought, why not give it a try? Yeah. You don't have to have guts. Usually I'm just too lazy to send them feedback to yeah, a podcast. Like usually when I'm listening to a podcast and I'm driving, I'm thinking I would love to, I'd love to send, I would love to write an iTunes review mm-hmm. or send them feedback. And then by the time I get to where I'm not driving, I've forgotten all about it. Yeah. And the same with these Patreons that podcasts are having now. I'm like, I should sign up and subscribe to these different things yeah, and get all this I should donate content. money. And then mm, when totally I have the chance, I've totally forgotten about it. All right. So Maddie says, uh, Okay, if Robbie was going to be able to talk to Peyton about his feelings and live to tell the tale, what could possibly go wrong? I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, if you're Maddie. if you're uh, hopefully you you're not having any sort of weird weird fantasies about me and Steph because uh we're both married but not to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Surely he's not talking about romantic. Okay, first off, I really enjoyed this podcast pacing as opposed to last week's episode and thought it was a genius move to have more than one uh, people involved in the murder of Cheryl. That's true. This is like the first time there's been like multiple uh, 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 murderers. Multiple murderers, yeah. Like not just suspects, but they were all complicit. They all conspired together. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I, I don't want to say it's the first time, but I, I'm almost thinking about like uh, the stoners in the rock band. Like they were all involved in running over. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Anyway, keep reading. <laughs> People are screaming at me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I've seen people complain about the procedural aspect of our zombie becoming predictable. So it certainly brought a breath of fresh air to that. Yeah. Another thing I love this season is Clive's reaction to Liv's Brand of the Week personalities. Yeah. He even got involved in the Kavanaugh DeVore gossip. Kudos to Malcolm Goodwin. He is killing it on both the, the on both the dramatic as we saw in this in the first episode and the comedic parts of the show. Yeah. I'm interested to see how Clive's storyline will develop. Now that we've been introduced to the anti-zombie extremists, it seems he is hashtag Team Z for now. But 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 who knows how he reacts? He Fillmore as honest as they seem. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe Clive shooting the zombie uh, <gasps> paper target. Maybe that was foreshadowing. Mm, so much foreshadowing. Uh, second of all, the comparison between Don Quixote and Major was so on point. Okay, good. This inside into us, Don Maddie. Quixote. Yes. <laughs> We've known Mr. Lily White, yes, the uh, with one L, has a hero complex since the first season and will continue to make questionable questionable decisions for truth, justice, and the American way. Hopefully he won't regret giving out uh, one of the syringes in the future. It was very heartwarming to see him reunite with Natalie, even if things didn't end the way he envisioned it. The the reminder that she wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for Blaine makes me question Peyton's choice to side with him even more. Major seems to put his story with Blaine aside for the greater good but we have a weekly reminder that his life is still on the line on the line and if blaine is truly faking it then he is taking a lot of unnecessary risks when he could just 
focused on his health and well-being for once. It serves for great drama, though. Mm-hmm. There's that vain thing I was talking about. I was trying to make a point there. Yeah. <laughs> he should be concerned about other things instead of Natalie, but... Yeah, it's the hero complex. It's the hero complex. Yeah. All right. I, also I admire love him for that. So. <laughs> yeah, and and I admire that he's uh, trying to follow through with his word. Yes, he's also very good looking. I admire him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He also he also has great abs. I admire that. And okay. He's friend of the pod I, for being on the, for being God, on the show. Uh, yeah, sorry, we were saying? on the podcast, podcast. On, on the podcast before. Uh, I loved Ranger's Stakeout at Robbie's. We, I told you to drive faster. Line made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Obviously, things weren't going to end well when that car suddenly disappeared. Poor Robbie. He just can't catch a break. Speaking of Robbie, his involvement with the case of the week brought some hilarious scenes. Who would have thought the mopey Robbie would just be would be just as funny as our regular cheerful, cheerful Robbie? Yep. The way he looked at the porn star from the door's window and Clive's reaction to the thirst <laughs> was possibly one of the funniest scenes in the show ever. <laughs> Mouth is dry. Lastly, I do not support Peyton and Blaine, and I fear for Peyton's heart. I liked that Liv called her out on not seeing the bigger picture without being judgmental about it. We're in need of some heart-to-heart conversations between our girls. Yes. I hope I didn't miss anything. I didn't bore you guys out to keep up the excellent work as the best iZombie podcast in the world. Whoa! That was the best (laughs) feedback in the world. Listen, you could just put, like, algebraic equations and then just some sort of, like, uh, something explaining, like, a Greek poem and for, like, three pages and then say, you guys are awesome and the best. We'll just completely... Yep, yeah, that would have, that would do it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. Keep writing. Uh, all right, let me read our friend Efrex, friend of the podcast. <laughs> hey guys, I really like these type of episodes where we get a well balanced mix of comedy, drama, case of the week, and long form storytelling. It can't be very easy to pull off, but it's oh so satisfying when it's done right. And this episode is done very right indeed. This case is a lot of fun. The Here's How It Happened flashback reminded me of how Tony Shalhoub used to do the same thing in Monk, and the conspiring co-workers are great. The big thing I'm impressed with here is how the writers managed to turn a cliche like amnesia into a really fascinating ethical quandary about justice, identity, and repentance. Blaine's storyline and character keep getting more and more interesting, and Ali Machaka and the writers did a terrific job with Peyton's dialogue. I still don't like the Peyton-Blaine relationship and how fast it's going, but I find it a lot more plausible now. I feel you, Efrex, definitely. Um, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The major Natalie plot is getting interesting, so good to see Brooke Lyons doing new scenes. New scenes? Did I say new? (laughs) (laughs) I believe I said new. Who is this guy who captured her? How did he get out of Max Rager with her? Of course, Major has to get beaten up again. Yeah, uh, this guy that uh, captured her is somebody that uh, um, she called from Max Rager. And he he wasn't actually in Max Rager. Um, He must have paid a lot of money to get her out of there, I think. That's pretty much what's implied. Uh, Okay, Major. Can't the poor guy catch any kind of break? 
I think people heard my cheering at Man of La Mancha from half a mile away. Can we make it an official iZombie rule that every episode must either feature David Andrews singing or a scene set to a classic show tune? Those are my favorites, yes. I'm assuming that Major is going to be taking the cure soon. Can't wait to see how it affects him. So many great little brief scenes. The screaming body discovery. (laughs) The spilling the beans brain recipe. Oh, spilling the beans. I like that, too. Uh. (laughs) Clive and Liv's aha moment when they learn about the new brain. Liv's name dropping (laughs) the Ravi Ravi Payton ship names. No Charles Cobarty? Boo. Yeah, you (laughs) wrecks. Somebody somebody stands up for Charles Cobarty. Uh Robbie's walk outside the interrogation room when the adult film actress is being interviewed. Just fun. Can't wait to see what comes next. Efrex. Thanks, Efrex. That's how I am. Okay, with the way Ravi walked by that door, that's how I am at shift change at work when I see the guy from the S-Town podcast. I'm like, I cannot believe I work with him. Yeah. I don't really work with him. We just, we work on different shifts, but there he is. Like He's like a celebrity that nobody knows about. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I, I mean, I know this. Did you want to say anything more about She works with somebody from S-Town. That's basically all we really yeah. know. Yeah. The yeah, S Town, uh, Woodstock is about 50 miles from me. Mm-hmm. I've never been there though. I could have went today. My brother went to Bibb County to buy a truck, hmm. but I had to, that's too much going on, so I couldn't go. Want to read our last email? Uh, who's it from? Cheyenne. Oh, I zombie love Cheyenne. Okay, hmm. hi, Robin and Steph. Just dropping in for my first time feedbacking to say, I told you Major would find Dadley this episode. Also, wow, 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 the chemistry. I'm all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is uh, this is the scene that she was talking about that she saw being filmed. She actually posted some pictures of, uh, oh. of it on her Twitter. At Eyes right. of Love, if you want to follow that. Uh, sidebar, how long was Major watching Natalie for even... Well, uh, yeah, like the GPS thing happened. Oh, boy. There was rain for a while, I'm assuming. Yeah, I think he was scoping it out. And I think when he caught a glimpse of her, that's when he ran in. (laughs) There was uh, at least one nighttime transition in between major stakeout scenes. Did anybody (laughs) think to report the weirdo in a beat-up car using binoculars the wrong way, I might add? I'd be creeped out just saying. Uh, yeah, that was a was that like a Monte Carlo? Yeah, yeah. Chevrolet it looked like Monte an Carlo. unmarked police car. I really enjoyed the duo dynamic of this episode. B- Babamore, <laughs> Rager, and Payne. You keep saying Rager. It- it's it's Roger. Roger. Because it's Ravi and Major. I know. You would say Rager because it's major, but Roger sounds just like a like a debonair dude, you know. And uh, kudos to anybody who's listening who's named Roger. What's up? <laughs> okay, Babamore, Roger, and Payne were in full effect. The writers are really bouncing the individual relationships with the group relationship as uh, well this season. Mm-hmm. Not to put uh, a depressing note on this, though, but I've uh, just had a sobering epiphany that four episodes aired. So 
basically a third of the season is down. I'm going to need to hear those five magic words, I zombie renewed for season four real soon to keep me going. Yes. That is all happy podcasting from friend of the pod. (laughs) Cheyenne, don't listen to Robin. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's all our emails. We, do have some Facebook feedback too. We're gonna have to. Whew, gosh, big feedback. I need week. some water. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can tiptoe through some of this uh, Facebook feedback, and then we'll get to saying goodbye. All right. Bringing it up now. Apologies. Frank says, "Yay, Natalie is back." I hope there's tons of scenes in future episodes that feature both Peyton and Natalie. Speaking of Peyton, was I? Why would you want Peyton and Natalie to hang out? Is it just because they're both good-looking ladies? Come on, Frank. We're better than this. Um, in public, at least. Uh, speaking of Peyton, was I the only one who almost cried when they showed her in that casket? Don't ever show that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me read Marissa's here. She's got a long one. Marissa, our victim of the week, Cheryl, was another person who wasn't exact, exactly well-liked. She must have had a similar... Uh, she must have been a stellar salesperson. How dare you, Marissa? To justify not firing her when she has an entire binder of complaints about her behavior. I like that it took a conspiracy of three co-workers to take her down, although it was bad luck for them that the Utopium killed her instead of just causing an embarrassing incident for Cheryl. Ravi gets some of what's coming to him in the form of a wicked hangover and a dressing down from Liv. Let's hope that he ends up learning from this, giving Peyton a real apology, and bounces back for the quippy friend co-worker we know and love. Major finally finds Natalie, but while she was saved from the horrors of Max Rager, Rager's basement lab, she's no less a prisoner now in her golden cage. Hopefully we'll see her again to see what happens to her. And finally, Peyton and Blaine, although his pers- personality comes back in times of conflict, in other times we get a radically different, different Blaine, a moonlighting lounge singer who worries about his past misdeeds and wants to do the right thing. I am with Peyton and Blaine and not wanting his memories to return. Uh, but it's too rich of a storyline for the writers not to do eventually. I'm reminded of Total Recall, where Quaid finds out what kind of man he used to be and does everything he can do to to avoid becoming him again. Spoilers. In meantime, in the meantime, Peyton and Blaine seem ready to officially become a couple. I'm really not sure what to think of that, but Robbie blew it, so she's definitely not going to be with him now. Yeah, Robbie can eat a bag of. What's the next comment here? Michaela says, uh, already found my favorite quote. You don't even have to put pants on. Sold, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Was that it? I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you for all the feedback, everybody. We we will. uh, What's next? I'm in a blur because we just read so much feedback. Ah, yes. Uh, why don't we get right into the trailer for next week's episode, episode 5 out of 13, <laughs> Spanking the Zombie. This Tuesday. I'm not putting that in my mouth. She was a dominatrix. You're already a bit on the bossy side. I don't think anyone would even notice. Mm-hmm. Crawl over here, piggy, and bring me my gloves. No. Mm-hmm. I will put you over my knee. Someone's asking to be punished. Right. Shut your mouth. Down on all fours, lick it up. Show of hands if you're super turned on right now. I like it. I Zombie. All new this Tuesday at 9, 8 central on The CW. And that was the trailer for Spanking the Zombie. And 
folks, you might want to tune out if you don't want to hear any spoilers about it. I'm just going to read the episode description. Uh, it says, Fifty Shades of Liv. When Liv consumes the brains of a dominatrix, her bossy and controlling personality makes everyone a little uncomfortable, especially Clive. Now, who'd have figured? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Blaine and Peyton have a heart-to-heart. So, Sadie, what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's going to be uh, – uh, uh, it looks like in the trailer it features the return of Ken Marino as Brant Stone. And I oh, yeah. I saw believe, a glimpse uh, of him. Darren Norris as Johnny Frost also coming back. So Of course, because he's a slime ball. So we got a dominatrix episode. I just wanted to ask you this question, uh, Steph. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Brant or Johnny going to wear a ball gag or both? Johnny. Johnny. Definitely Johnny. Definitely. <laughs> uh, second question, is Brant going to break up Peyton and Blaine? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I tell you, Steph, this podcast is probably going to be the most exciting thing that happens today unless we get another iTunes review, which gets me pretty excited, if you know what I mean. Robin, you are so bad. I can't help it. The sight of a five-star review from our amazing listeners just makes my... Hold on. There's someone at the door. (laughs) Oh, it's just my kids. Seriously, Robin, get it together. And were you just going to talk about your... Day! A five-star review would make my day. Day. Sheesh. Ah, there it is. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Send your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for iZombie Podcast, all one word. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin as well at LRobinero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Also, friend of the show Cheyenne contributes with Photoshops on our Twitter. Follow her at iZombieLove. Check out our other podcast. You can listen to us binge cast through teen dramas like Dawson's Creek and Popular. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes. You can also listen to us occasionally talk about the Buffy spinoff Angel with our friends. Subscribe to Redemption Cast on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, why not leave us a review? We do this in our spare time so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and helps us get seen by more iZombie fans. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone is still listening? Probably not. Zombies! Zombies!